Hello, and welcome to How Are You Holding Up? <laughs> Mental health podcast by the depressed. For the depressed. So this is a little different here. Um, really interesting. We were discussing this podcast was supposed to be an emotional first aid podcast, little mantras, sayings, quotes that make us feel happy when we're not doing so great or get us through at least. And something actually actively triggered me about 10 minutes in. Uh, and I decided to go on a seven minute rant about gratitude and the idea of it being uh, forced onto someone or the idea of you needing to have gratitude. Uh, this is something that I dealt with in a previous relationship. And as a result, uh, I... I'm very much considering editing it out. <laughs> but uh, we thought it might be an interesting example of what triggering can sound like mm -hmm. and how quickly it can happen. And um, a lot of people use trigger as, I think, the wrong kind of thing. A, connot a, negative, connotation a negative connotation of, of just like somebody re overreacting to right. something. But a trigger is when you have PTSD, you have actual trauma and then something sort of short circuits you back into the exact emotional space and you are reacting now from that emotional space of, of where you used to be in the horror or the, the, tra the trauma, um, but you are now in a safe place. And so it doesn't make sense to the people around you. If, if you're hearing this, that means that I have left this, this clip in and uh, there will be a sudden stop at the end of it where we will then go into the rest of the episode of <laughs> our emotional first aid. Just a warning for you guys that I definitely fall apart for a little bit. So if you want to not hear that, uh, skip past the, I think, 17-minute mark. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Hello and welcome to another episode of How Are You Holding Up, a mental health podcast by the depressed for the depressed. I tried to do that by memory. I'm Chris. <laughs> I'm Lindsay. And as always, I'm going to ask you, Lindsay, how are you holding up? Ugh, I'm all right, I guess. I haven't had any coffee or alcohol or anything really very yummy in the past few days because I'm old and I get acid reflux really bad apparently. Yay! And health insurance stuff and work stuff and I haven't been working for the past three weeks so my schedule is weird and I'm getting weird. How are you holding up, Chris? I'm also feeling pretty weird. Um, I took care of my acid reflux by getting over like prescription strength <laughs> antacid, which is fun. Uh, we'll see if I'm on that for the rest of my life. Anyway, so this week, we're both, as you can tell from our demeanors, bit worn down, bit stressed, bit uh, high-strung, as it were. And uh, so we thought that this might be the time to give you guys an episode just of what we are doing to facilitate our emotional first aid whether that is through thoughts, quotes, stories that we utilize, movies, books, TV shows, you name it. This is all the stuff that we go through when we are doing our damnedest to just hold on or to re-grab as we let go. Yes. I'll start. 
<laughs> so yeah so starting off Lindsay, you, you've got a selection. so i have this quote okay so i am not in the depths of the worst depression right now and i think depending on where you are in your depression some of these things won't hit you the same way but i think really good quotes are things that can um inspire different emotions in you depending on where you are in your life and the one that i love that sticks in my mind the most is by Ralph Waldo Emerson, and it is, The purpose of life is not to be happy. It is to be useful, to be honorable, to be compassionate, to have it make some difference that you have lived and lived well. And the reason I like this quote is because it helps me feel not left out of the happy train. Like, sometimes in my Mm. mind, I think everybody is happy and feeling fulfilled and living these lovely lives. Um... And I think, especially growing up when I was younger, I felt that way. And so having a quote like, this is not your purpose. Your whole point in life is not to figure out what, like how to make yourself happy. It's to focus on how you can help other people and how you can help the world. And so when you focus your mind on not yourself and not your misery, it can kind of get you out of that muck for a little bit. That's why I like that. That's a very good point. Um, it does kind of remind us, especially like... In a more utilitarian standpoint, like, you aren't living life to be happy all the time. Yeah. Uh, you're you're living life, if anything, to to be living life. <laughs> there's, yeah. There's not much more to it than just the experiences that you get day to day. They are not, they may not be the same every day. They may, they may be the same every day, but they are your own experiences and they are yours to experience. I think a lot of people, and I know... I do this too. You get so much anxiety over the idea that you're not living your life to the fullest. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that that is a new phenomenon with the internet and social media. Like, are you living your life to the fullest? Well, I'm not going on all these fancy trips. It's like really just, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I'm not doing these fancy trips. I don't have this awesome makeup. I don't know how to do this party thing. We're shown on a far more common basis like think about it this way we used to have a tv show that existed called lifestyles of the rich and famous (laughs) and that was how people got a look at oh wow that's how the rich and the famous live i never would have guessed but now it's constantly shoved in our face on instagram on snapchat so fake and so much of it is so fake and planned and rehearsed and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, exactly. So trying to live a truthful life and, and really figuring out what your morals are, what's going to fulfill you is probably not what you have been told by a lot of people or society what's going to make you happy. What makes me happy doesn't sound very glamorous. And that might be the same for you. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, honestly, like when I think of my idealized life, sure, I'm busy, but... Are you like, I'm super happy all the time, just like in your little like hot tub of happiness? God, no. <laughs> no you're no. doing things and you're creating. When I'm being artistic and helping people b- figure out their dream or whatever, when I'm doing music for their project, it's miserable. It is absolutely miserable to like work on some artistic project together, but it's so satisfying. And see, the funny thing is, I have the exact <laughs> I get so much glee from the planning and the procedure and the day-to-day grind of, okay, this is what we are doing. This is how we're going to make it. Let's tweak this, 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 and this. 
And by the time I'm done with the project, I never want to see it again. I never want to have anything to do with it. I want it to die in a fucking fire. I think it depends on the artistic project. Yes. However, for me, my personal experience with making music to fit someone's show, it is a it is a feeling of I, this will never be finished. It is never good enough. This isn't working. This didn't record right. This you know, but God, I feel good. You, you <laughs> reminded me though uh, the idea of not being persistently happy. A quote that I often look to when when I think of how I want to be feeling in my life, ironically enough, uh, an artist, Bob Ross, said, you got to have opposites, d- dark and light, light and dark in painting. It's like in life. Got to have a little sadness once in a while so you know when the good times come. I'm waiting on the good times now. Aww. And that was oh, when, gross. if I'm if I'm not mistaken, like, I think his wife was going through cancer or something, and he was just, horrible. like, it was just a really, really rough time, and he was just painting, doing the, the doing the, the joy of painting uh, on PBS, which was, if you haven't, if you haven't had a uh, little Bob Ross in your life, go get some. Yeah, if you're anxious and you just need something in the background, that's a great, I think it's on Netflix right now. It is on Netflix. There's two different seasons uh, of it. Uh, both of which are amazing and I fall asleep to uh, quite often. Yeah, because when you're lonely and anxious and in your own head about the misery of living, having somebody else being like, hey, bud, it's yeah. okay. Yeah, we're just going to paint some happy little trees today. <laughs> and also, I've got a squirrel in my pocket. You didn't notice that I had a squirrel in my pocket, but I got a squirrel in my pocket. <laughs> That's Bob Ross in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? Nah, nah, squirrels, nutshells. Oh, no. Uh, Help us. Um, (laughs) so, but I like that quote. And Mm -hmm. I think when you're in the middle of being numb or you're so sad and you are just crying all the time and you feel left out of your own life, having brief moments where you can find some kind of oasis of, you don't have to feel happy. This isn't like what this podcast is for, Mm -hmm. but just to have a connection again to being, feeling connected to humankind again. That's the importance here. I think I don't, we're not made to be happy all the time. It's impossible. Um, There's going to be times where you're so sad and you're so stressed or you're scared. And there are so many people going through the same thing. And so you're not alone. You're never alone. And it's hard to remember that. Yeah. When you're cut off by your depression. It is incredibly difficult to to even remember what it was like to be happy when you're that cut off. Yeah. Um, There's another quote, but it was... it's kind of along the same lines. There is no exercise better for the heart than reaching down and lifting people up. So I've had some really horrific breakups where it was basically like going through a divorce in some ways where it's like, you know, you move out because you were living together. So you have to get your stuff back. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you have an animal that you were sharing, mm-hmm. you know, who gets to keep the friends. Yes. The friends. That's so heartbreaking. The seeing who sides with who, especially if there was cheating involved or abuse. Yeah. Um, and healing from, yeah, it's bad enough to heal from a breakup and a broken heart. And then on top of it being like, Oh, I was in a, in an abusive relationship. And Oh, because of that, I treated my own friends like shit, so now I have to reconnect with those people. So in those moments, my mom would give me some really good advice and be like, when it gets too hard and it gets too bad for you, try to focus on helping other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you can't do that. Sometimes you're in a place where you emotionally don't have the bandwidth. But for me, what helped was in my lowest, one of my lowest lows, I had 
given up on my dreams. Um, I wasn't, I was living at home again. I had no job. I hadn't finished college and um, I didn't know where to, to go. I didn't know what to do. And so I started to volunteer at the uh, temporary aid center and where low income or homeless people would come and we would help them with hygiene packs because they might not have a place to shower or get new clothes. And just being with other people, helping people who were in a different place than I was, was incredibly humbling and good for me. Um, it's also a shift in perspective. Yes. Yes. Which can be, uh, once you once you kind of experience that, it really does uh, change your perception a bit. Like, God, how lucky I I felt realizing I have family who will never let me get to a point where I'm living on the street. Yeah. That will never happen to me. I am so lucky. And maybe I wasn't grateful enough. And it's hard to be in a state of gratitude all the time when you don't see the, like, how it can happen so fast. It can happen so quickly. And now that's not to say that the gratitude is automatic. And for no. a lot of folks out there, it does need to be earned. Just like respect. It should not be given. It should be earned. You won't. What do you, you mean? I feel strongly. And this is something that I've kind of thought about a lot over the years. Respect. A lot of people are told you should respect people based on certain criteria. Okay. And I disagree wholeheartedly. You should give respect to those who deserve respect. Do not give respect to those simply be because they're a certain position okay. or they're a certain family member or a certain age. Sure. That does not guarantee them respect from you. What it can guarantee is you can be respectful right. towards them, but that does not mean that they earn your trust, your love, and your respect. Which and are you I feel saying the coincide. gratitude? Gratitude, for a lot of people, like, if they're in a toxic relationship and they have a roof over their head and the alternative is to abandon everything and then be on the street, it's like the the, the, the toxic person could say, well, you're just not being grateful enough that you have all this. Got it. But that's, that is a tool of toxicity. It can be a tool. So it's, it's just something that it... It bothers me immensely, and I'm, I know this is a bit of a way out of the left field detour, but it definitely like strikes a bit. I may edit this out. I'll see how I feel. But um, yeah, no, I I I get fired up about that. About being grateful for things in your life. Yes, yeah. Well, for being told I should be grateful, okay. I think that's where it comes from. Well, for me. Mm. I think it was a moment to remember while even though I was feeling really shitty mm -hmm. and I wasn't in a good place, being mm. grateful that I at least was safe. Yeah, sure. And I was in a good place and finding the things to be grateful for. Yeah. Um, no one should be telling you you need to be grateful. Yes. And I am not sitting here preaching that you need to practice gratitude. No. I'm saying that it can help immensely. Yes, it absolutely can. So, <laughs> want to talk about your feelings? <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, oh, man. Talking about emotional first aid here. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, somebody's a little bitter today, and it's probably me. <laughs> it's definitely me. I'm. I'm a bitter. I'm a bitter little pill today, and I. And I'm. I. I don't know. I'm just, everything sucks. 
Everything, everything sucks. And, and, uh, and it sucks more because I keep, I keep in, embracing the shittiness that's happening to everybody around me. And so it becomes my, my problem as well. Because mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, everybody else I know is going through rough shit. So here I am. I can't, I can't not go through rough shit. Like, not with them. Because that, I, that, I feel bad. My empathy's on overload. It's on stupid overload right now. That sounds like codependency when you're taking on other people's problems. Yup. <laughs> and, and then and then I get mad at myself for recognizing it, and because it's a habit it that I'm still not breaking. Good place. Uh, codependency comes from somebody who wants to help and has an over, over, over amount of empathy. It's an unhealthy way to handle certain situations, but it's not because you're a bad person. Yeah. You're not like narcissistically trying to. No, I'm not sitting there to control everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm not you this know? weird puppet master no. just looking over everybody and being like, "Hey, I could fix your life and make it better. Yeah. <laughs> Let me come in with my cape flapping in the breeze." <laughs> and marking that because that's probably where I'm gonna like edit back in. <sighs> where were we? I don't even know. I was trying to talk about gratitude. <laughs> I was talking about helping other people. Yeah. And how that can help you. Yeah. And that's why we're doing this fucking podcast, right? Because sometimes being in your own head gets too much. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I've been in my head, like, for the last week. Yeah. And this is also... Oh, added added bonus. I didn't see my therapist this week. Oh, oh I can't tell at all. No, no, nobody can tell. Nobody can tell at all. Um, yeah. Because my, my insurance went up and I need to space out my co-pays. Yeah, my insurance is... Uh, uh, that's a whole nother yeah. thing. Um, well, when you're feeling really garbagey and, and stuff, you get through by what? Looking at memes? <laughs> Sick memes? I look, at, I look up the dankest memes, yeah. I definitely do sometimes look up some, some pretty good memes. Uh, there's a few uh, Facebook... Uh, Pages that this are... is a garbage fucking podcast. Yeah, this is garbage. This is absolutely... You want to start over? I mean, the first... I thought the first beginning was good. Yeah, let's try and cut out. Let's see where we can come back. And speaking of a change of perspective, um, one of the things that I always try to do, at least, um, is find the various forms of entertainment that... Uh, kind of drag me out of my own headspace, kicking and screaming. Yes. Uh, Anything that kind of forces me to shift perspectives and really, like, I don't know. I'm drawn to the absurdist. Uh, I'm drawn to the surreal a lot. So a lot of, uh, you know, stuff like Twin Peaks, uh, H.P. Lovecraft, uh, certain dark horror and whatnot, uh, Obviously, like, comics and whatnot. Is there anything that you'll watch on or read on repeat? Like, you, you can watch it a billion times. And it puts you in a good mood. Um, I would say the closest that I get to that... Ooh. Might actually be Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. <laughs> Hilariously enough. Because the thing is about it is it's it's such a... It's such a perfect film to me and it and it 
as somebody who basically like lived their life without their dad, it's one of the things that like it's a it's a note in the film that really like carries over to me mm. where I feel I feel a lot of it mm. of just like, you know, Indy being estranged from his father and all that. And beside that, like I also really love um like j- just uh, it's just a good film. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> Look, a good film is a good film. We have a whole podcast on escaping depression called mm-hmm. Escape Depression Mountain or Escape yeah. to Depression Mountain. Yeah, Escape to Depression Mountain. And it's how we just totally what we use to just it just indulge in escapism yeah. because sometimes we can't like we obviously can't be thinking about our mental health all the time. No. That's no. that's a bad idea. Don't think all the time. <laughs> and that's why I love Calvin and Hobbes. I can read Calvin and Hobbes anytime and giggle. I love me some Calvin and Hobbes. I also really appreciate, um, there's a lot of web comics that I read. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So web comics in and of themselves are, they could be a whole episode, frankly, because a lot of them deal with these kind of themes, like the yeah. mental health themes and whatnot. Um, but I also really love the works of Neil Gaiman, uh, if there's somebody who is really, uh, I mean, if you want to really experience what kind of the stages of grief are and understand them from a first person almost perspective, you just read Sandman. Oh, shit. Speaking of which, I just watched the show on Netflix, Afterlife, uh-huh. and the, the trailer absolutely terrified me, so I didn't watch it for a while. Because it shows this cancer, this woman who's obviously dying of cancer, speaking to her husband. So the story, but it follows um, the husband after she's already passed and she's left these messages for him. And just kind of how he allows his life to fall apart. Mm -hmm. But it's this really dark humor look into depression and how he's like, I can be an asshole to anybody. It's become a superpower. I don't give a shit. I could die any moment. And how he kind of claws his way out of this depression. And watching it portrayed in that way... Uh, it's so phenomenal, and it has that fantastic British comedian, um, Ricky Gervais. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's great, and I think he, um, yeah, he created it. That's... And he directed it. That's always... I, I, I appreciate Ricky Gervais and his work as a non-religious person. It's, it's kind of fun. It's <laughs> phenomenal. Like, he, um, he did that film, The Invention of Lying, which I love. I haven't seen that one. That one is a fun one. But the reason I like this one is because it directly deals with depression. And for whatever reason, it gives me relief when I see somebody else going through it in media. Mm-hmm. And um, it helps. Yeah. No, I mean, honestly, it it's one of the reasons why we do the podcast is there is a a call to just not be alone. Oh my gosh, I've been watching so much YouTube lately, you guys. I've been falling into this hole and like just watching all these young kids all hanging out, putting on this ridiculous makeup and they've all have like a million wigs and and they just, and they have so much drama between them. It's incredibly addicting. And I'm like, <laughs> if I grew up with this, I would be a crazy person. Yeah. You know, it's like, a, I don't know how, I don't know how you guys manage it, these high school kids and these college kids. It's a rough, uh, it's a rough existence that we're in right now. And I know that, well, well, let's, let's be honest. This is a rough episode. 
We're both in a rough space right now. Yeah, we're not in a uh, all together. No. Here. And we know that, you know, we know you guys are going to understand because you're probably if you're not going through this, you've been through this where your thoughts are scattered, your ability to even just get through a single sentence. Yeah, I, I, my memory is shot. I think my whatever B12 magic was happening is gone from me now. Mm, yeah, no, it's been <laughs> gone from me for like weeks now. But we are going to have to, using another quote, and one that I think I've used in the podcast before, and one that I will probably use many times from now, we are going to do the best we can with what we have where we are. And that is all we can do. Keep moving forward. Yes. Do the best you can with what you've got where you are. And I hope that you guys laughed at a mistake you did last week. Because it was totally worth doing. Yeah. I'm miserable that I can't have any snacks with my acid reflux. So just think about how <laughs> how, how alone I am without my snacks. I mean, I'm on week three of the Whole30 diet. Feel I sorry for us. Yeah, feel sorry for us. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed our rough ride with you. <laughs> yeah, as always. Such life. Yeah, right. As always, for us, as always, follow us on Instagram at Hey Who Podcast. Like our Facebook page, and if you want to send us something directly, go ahead and email mailbag at howareyouholdingup.com. Check out the subreddit, r howareyouholdingup. Uh, and we would love to hear from you guys how you guys get through. Yes. What is your emotional first aid? Do you have any quotes that help you get through while you're driving and not try and scream at the people next to you? Or mm -hmm. what gets you through? Do you have mantras? Yeah. You like mantras? I like mantras. Those are super fun. Probably could have mentioned a few in here. Oh, well, we didn't. So there you go. <laughs> send them to us. Yeah, send us your mantras. We need help, obviously. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> and as always... Don't, Don't tell, tell us, us to just, just get over it. it.